feel comfortable in doing so, can we stand to our feet? Amen. There are many needs in the house throughout our nation and our state. We need to continue to pray for the families of the children that lost their lives to a school shooting. I I can't even begin to comprehend that loss as as they are burying their precious children or their family members this week. We need to remember them. Our God is a comforter and a counselor. And I do not think that we could even comprehend that level of loss. But we know a God that can do all things. We know a God that gives comfort in the most desperate of circumstances. We need to pray for Sister Rod and Sister Vicky. They went down to Uvalde uh, this morning. We know that they felt led to paint a painting, and it's a memorial drive. And I believe that they made it there safely, but just pray for traveling mercies. That God can use that particular situation to plant seeds to bring somebody to Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to pray for Sister Dorinda, Sister Ayana's daughter. We need to pray for all those that are traveling from our church. And we are going to pray for Brother Scotty this morning. Amen. If you could come to the front. Can we close our eyes and lift our hands? And I'm wondering that those that know a God that is a living, dynamic God just begin to lift their voice in the house right now. And somebody begin to magnify your God, a God that has been a healer to you, a God that has been a comforter to you. And we just begin to lift our voice right now all over this sanctuary. 
We thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God, that you are a caring God. You are a God that is our comforter and counselor. God, you are our strength in our time of need. Lord, you bring us to your secret place. And God, we know that we are safe under your wings. Uh, Lord, we lift up the families in Uvalde. We lift up Sister Rod and Sister Vicky. Lord God, let them be a witness and a light to the circumstance. Lord, we lift up Sister Dorinda. God, I pray for an expedient healing in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift up Sister Ayana's daughter. God, I'm believing for a good time test result. And God, there could be resolution to the situation. Lord, we lift up Brother Scotty right now, God. Lord, we're proclaiming in the atmosphere a healing in Jesus' name. And God, we've come to celebrate your wonders. God, we've come to celebrate your wonders, God. And Lord, we praise you for what we haven't seen, but you have seen and you prepared. We praise you, God, for the plans that you have for us. And God, we've come to magnify your name and who you are here tonight in Jesus name can somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise oh I've come in with an excitement that God is going to do something let us worship him in this place let liberty saturate this house let it be a freedom oh these altars are open let the worshipers arise Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. I'll provide the sacrifice. You provide the spirit. I will open up inside. Oh God, let us encounter you tonight. God, send water in our desert place. Experience your fire. The cloud by day and the fire by night, God. You provide the spirit. I will open up inside.
Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? I really sense that there may be a few here tonight that is struggling with anxiety, struggling with their mind and emotions, and just really sense that they can't get focused on God tonight. But I know a God that is my Prince of Peace. He is a God that is my peace. And the devil will use any circumstance to try to hinder what God has in store for you tonight. But somebody's struggling with anxiety. Your mind is going left and right. Emotions are 110%. And you're thinking, man, how am I going to get through the week? How am I going to get through the day? How am I going to get through the service? Be still and know that he is God. Can we close our eyes and lift our hands one more time? And remember, we've got to put our mind into subjection. God, I speak into the atmosphere of power, love, and a sound mind here. God, let your peace saturate this atmosphere. Oh, God, begin to move on your precious sons and daughters. God, we are your special possession. And God, you are mindful of us mindful of our anxiety, mindful of our doubts. God, mindful of our uncertainties. And God, you just want to collect us into your name, which is a strong tower. And us, desiring to be the righteous, want to be safe in your name. Oh God, begin right now to saturate this place with your peace. God, begin, oh Lord, to blow the wind of reassurance in this place. God, remind us that you are with us and you have plans for us. Power, love, and a sound mind tonight in Jesus' name. Let somebody be reassured. Let me say to everyone, I can't speak for what you're experiencing, but for me, there is such a beautiful atmosphere in this place. And whatever you need is... Brother Brown was trying to exhort you to believe and to focus. This atmosphere, you can receive it. The atmosphere doesn't need to be a lot of action and moving all the time. It can be still. But it's what you sense in the inside and what comes over you. And so I want to thank each and every one of you. I really sense tonight, this is me, that there's a completely different atmosphere in this house That's good this evening. It's a good atmosphere. Let's build upon it. Let's go forward and walk in the journey that's ahead of us and trust the Lord tonight. Amen. 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 And sometimes rending our heart is the loudest of actions. As Bishop was saying, it's the heart that God desires here tonight. And somebody had the faith to open their heart and to see what God will do. Let it be the sound of rending hearts in this place. We rend not our garments, but our hearts. And to see what your God will do tonight. Let us sing unto the Lord. I'm believing that this is the atmosphere that God has prepared. He has troubled the waters. And if somebody would have the faith to rend their hearts, see what your God can do. Be awestruck at his wonders tonight.
Can you put your hands together and love Jesus tonight? Amen. I want to share something that the Lord is really speaking to my heart, and I hope you'll receive it. Sometime today, around noonish, a little after, I begin to sense some things lifting. Begin to sense some things lifting. It wasn't like it was just lifted all. It just began to lift. Tonight, when I was sensing a good, good atmosphere, and then the Lord spoke to me that the Lord has opened a door today for this church. Listen to me. It's up to you to go through it. I, I, I can't push you through it. But he's opened a door for all of us that have been struggling for all these years in the midst of a pandemic, the midst of a move, midst of transition, so many things happening, sickness, so many things that have happened. And God is saying, it is time. Well, I'm sensing the Lord. It is time. You've hung in there. You've been faithful. You've endured. It may not have been what you would have liked to give to me, but you kept coming, and you kept trying, and you kept getting up, and I've seen the effort. And God is saying, if you'll let me step through the door, and I'll begin to work and heal and encourage and set you on the path, that I've had for you from the beginning. Amen. I sense that strongly in my soul tonight. God is not slack concerning His promises. Amen. Some men count slackness. But as long-suffering to all of us, desiring none to be lost, but all to come to that knowledge of the truth and repentance. Yes. God is merciful. Amen. And that door is open. In your prayer time, in your alone time with God, begin to go through that door and believe God for healing of your mind, your heart, your body. Even that relationship that you seem to have somehow Lost with God. He says, let's reconnect. He's trying to get you to hear his voice tonight. This is him knocking. Go through the door. Let's sing, Brother John. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Just begin to let go tonight. Oh, let this be our prayer and our desire, God. 
right here and right now that God has constructed for you just claim it We give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you, God, that you care for us, that you love us. We thank you, Jesus, that you are mindful of your children. You're mindful of our tears and our hurts and our pain. 
and God, the things that we struggle with. But God, one thing you promised in all this, that you would never leave us nor forsake us. And God, we are reassured in that. And God, that births hope. God, that one day we can see you face to face. And this is all worth it. Everything is worth it just to see you face to face, Jesus. God, I thank you for the lives that you touched tonight. And God, what you have in store for us on this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. You may return to your seats this evening. Amen. It is always good to be in the house of the Lord, to see our church family and my brothers and sisters. Amen. Uh, we have an abundance of prayers that, that was, or prayer requests and needs that we mentioned at the beginning of the service. Just going to make a few announcements. Bishop Smith will be here the 26th of June. That will be Sunday. Don't forget our new life retreat, the 28th through the 30th at Summer Mills. I know that we had that meeting Sunday, and there was a lot of volunteers. Brother Charles is putting together an epic menu. We're putting a schedule together as well, and we're looking forward to a time of fellowship. We're looking forward to having Brother and Sister Rainer from Tennessee that will be ministering to us. In addition to that, they'll be staying on for the 3rd of July. We appreciate the Rainers. They are very good friends of this church, but looking forward to the retreat. Amen. Amen. Is there any other announcements this evening, Pastor? Uh, yes, we're going to have a ministerial meeting uh, right after the, the service. And I don't know, I, I just, Brother Phillips has got a procedure coming up on the 28th of, of this month. And I, I would like to pray for him. Anoint him with oil and Amen. pray. Amen. Can we so stand I, to our feet tonight? Amen. Can we believe together as a collective? Can we close our eyes and put all our focus and effort into praying for our brother? An operation of faith. Begin to lift your voice right now for Elder Phillips. I know a God that is a healer. Can we outstretch our hand towards our brother right now? Where two or three agree, let all things be established. God, heal in Jesus' name. Are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. There is nothing you cannot do, God. Lord, we are believing, oh God, for a miracle, God. We are believing for a testimony, God, that there will be no complications. A healing right now in Jesus' name. Can we lift our voice all over this sanctuary? Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? And can we celebrate the miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to receive our Wednesday night tithe and half shekel offering. Amen. Our ensemble may be seated this evening. Amen. We are going to continue on with our series on baptism. If we could get our PowerPoint going. As you can tell, I have edited and adjusted the format so it's easy for everybody's eyes. Now that PowerPoint, the last one looked really good, great designs, but it was just not adaptive to our particular screen. Thank you, Elder. Amen. Just going to wait for everybody to sit down. Amen. And find their seats. I know we're in transition. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight.
I'm very humbled for what transpired Sunday night. Incredibly honored and humbled for the vote of confidence. Amen. And I am excited to be on this journey with you. One of the most important parts of this journey is you. Amen. And I have been honored to be part of this church for going on 15 years and seeing where it's gone, how it's grown. And it has been an honor to be part of this church family and this collective. The Bible says that God places people in the body where he sits, sees fit. And I'm honored to be part of this family and this collective. Amen. As our senior pastor, our bishop, was saying that we are in this together. He is with us, amen, and it is a journey. And I'm thankful in these 15 years that he has been my teacher. He has been my mentor, amen. And I am excited to see where God is going to take us, and I'm honored to be in this journey with you. And each and every single one of you are precious to this church. Each and every single one of you have value in this body. And I'm honored to be with you to see where God grows that talent or that value or who you are in God. Amen. Now, as our bishop said, I am not him. And he is not me. Joshua was not Moses. But the ministry and anointing of Moses was imprinted on Joshua. Elisha wasn't exactly like Elijah. Now, he had a double portion. And I'd be honored just to get an ounce of portion from our bishop. But the ministry of Elijah was imprinted on Elisha. Timothy was not Paul. But Paul's ministry and anointing was imprinted on Timothy. Amen. And I'm thankful for his teaching. And he's going to continue to mentor and to continue to teach. Because I have not arrived. Nobody has arrived. But we are always, we become, and we begin to fall into a dangerous place where we begin to state, I've arrived. There is always room for growth. There is always room for maturity. And I get to do it with you. Amen. Thank you so much. And I love and appreciate you. 15 years in this journey, and I'm excited for many more after this. Amen. So we are continuing with our lesson in baptism. Next slide, please. On our last lesson, we talked about some of the Old Testament's or predispensation of grace origins of baptism. We talked about a mikvah. A mikvah in Hebrew means a collection of water. We know that it is required in, in the past and in modern Judaism that it is a living water. It's got to be natural water, rain, a spring, a river, water that is not stagnant, but a living water. We know that in times past, it was not specifically mentioned in the Old Testament, but grew as a tradition in Judaism. Jesus would have participated in mikvahs prior to being baptized with John the Baptist. Amen. Now, it was mentioned in the, Babylon, in the Babylonian Talmud that it was practiced in the Old Testament, 
but it became very prominent in the second temple period, which was the time of Jesus and the apostles. It was a practice of going to that bath we talked about, and it was a ritualistic sanctification, a washing away to be clean. And it is used today for, uh, uh, for transitioning or joining the Jewish religion. Amen. Where it is a representation of conversion. We know that they had to do it several times in the Old Testament, but it was a foreshadow for baptism. What stands out to me is living water, that it is a conversion, and it is to wash away what is considered sin or unclean. Amen. What a beautiful foreshadow. And as I said today, they continue that particular practice. It is amazing to see our spiritual heritage, where it comes from. And I'm here to tell you tonight that it is required in Judaism because there are arguments out there that baptism is not required, but just simply an act of faith. But to the Jew, who is our spiritual forefathers, it is a requirement for conversion, and it is a requirement as part of their practice. Amen. Next slide, please. Remember, baptism comes from the Greek word of baptismo, means to dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge. That means you are going underwater. There are some schools of thought where simply sprinkling water on you suffices, where, the, where that word of baptism strictly states to be immersed, to be submerged, to be placed underwater. Amen. It means to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean with water, to wash oneself or bathe. And I love this where it means to overwhelm. It means to overwhelm. Remember what we talked about on our last lesson. It is important that we have the ability to defend our faith. That's why our bishop had felt led to go to these particular teachings to reemphasize our concrete foundations of the apostolic faith. We live in a world where doctrine is being twisted. We're living in a world where thought processes and societal norms are being twisted, and we've got to be prepared to know what we believe and defend it. That defense is called apologetics. Now, it doesn't mean I get into a debate but it is civil discourse, a conversation between two. Allow me to agree to a point and bring my perspective and try to change the mind of the one I'm talking to. But if I don't know my doctrine, if I don't know my foundations, if I'm not careful, I could be easily persuaded. I'm known of apostolics that were in the apostolic faith for years, but they watched one of those high-speed, low-drag YouTube preachers, and they fell from the faith. Somebody that sounded good, that had the silver tongue, right, but was actually a wolf in sheep's clothing. We've got to have a foundation to stand on, which is the Word of God. And we have to be prepared to give a defense. That is apologetics. Just like I am standing in a courtroom, I've got to make a case for baptism. I've got to make a case for monotheism. I've got to make a case for my apostolic faith. Because if we are not careful, we blow with the winds of societal change 
or doctoral changes. I mean, come on, we got Scientology out there. Which its founder was a science fiction writer. Amen. Next slide, please. We talked about everything. Uh, we, we mentioned kind of where our progress through Scripture is going to be, where it discusses the requirement, examples of baptism, and what it signifies spiritually. Amen. We talked about that we begin to get into the first mentions of baptism with John the Baptist, which is his title sake, his namesake. He baptized unto repentance. He began to make that transition from a simple mikvah to taking the steps towards the dispensation of grace. Now, Mark 16, 16 should stand out to us all. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If it wasn't a necessity, why would it be attached to salvation's importance? If it was not a necessity, why is it part of this formula of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved? Amen. So it emphasizes the importance of baptism in that scripture. Next slide, please. Brother Charles, can I get a, just a little bit more monitor? Thank you, sir. We talked about Nicodemus speaking with Jesus, and Jesus told Nicodemus, this ruler of the Jews, this Pharisee who knew the law, who had his heart set on the Messiah, only realizing that he was talking to the Messiah. And Jesus said that you must be born again. Well, how can a how can a man enter into his mother's womb once again? Well, now you have to be born of water and of spirit. And I have heard that argument that the water somehow signifies the ambiotic fluid of a baby in the womb. But you look at the word water, it's hydros. It just simply means water. It just means a body of water. It does not mean anything anatomical or biological. Of water and of spirits. Amen. Talking about baptism. Amen. Next slide, please. So we're going to look at several scriptures. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus had died on the cross, resurrected, and we know that he spent 40 days with the disciples. And he gave what is called the Great Commission from the shores of Galilee. And the commission is an order. The commission is a mission statement to the disciples. You're going to preach everywhere. But this is, this is part of your mission statement. You're going to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. So you're going to go. You're going to share the truth. You're going to bring them to me, and you're going to make disciples. You're going to teach them. But he said that you must baptize them in the name. We talked about this in Monotheism, the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. As Bishop has said multiple times, as we mentioned in our last lessons, there is no example of somebody being baptized in just the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's the name. What is the name? All right, you all pass. Let's say that again. What is the name? Amen. If it was not a requirement, why would it be part of the Great Commission? If it is not a requirement, why did Jesus place it as part of the Great Commission? Amen. This was an order from Jesus. Amen. Acts 2.38. Now 
We're getting into requirements. Amen. As we know, the day of Pentecost, by the way, just this last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, approximately. And we know G, uh, Peter preached from the upper room, and he, they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. That means to turn away. That's the first step. You've got to make your heart right. It means more than saying a sinner, sinner's prayer, and it means more than just saying sorry. Repent literally means to turn around. In the British Army, they don't say about face. They, they command, repent. I don't know what I would do with a drill sergeant if they said repent. Do I need an altar call? So the British Army in their awesome English accent, repent. Yes, sir, I'll repent. It means to turn around. And then the order continues. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name, there's that name again, of Jesus Christ for the remission or forgiveness or the wiping away of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This should be the ethos of every apostolic, is Acts 2.38. Amen. It is required. Because they asked the question, they imposed the question, Peter and brethren, how are we to be saved? Repent, baptism, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That sounds like a formula to salvation to me, doesn't it? Amen. And then a wise 3,000 in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Amen. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Amen. They were baptized in Jesus' name. There is another example. Next slide, please. And we are going to be walking through examples of requirements, examples of individuals being baptized in Jesus' name, and what it does for us spiritually. Acts chapter 8, verses 36 through 38, very familiar. You have Philip, one of the disciples, walking through Israel and came across an Ethiopian eunuch. A eunuch usually served somebody of prominence, and this eunuch was sitting on a chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the Messianic scriptures of Isaiah. And Philip just happened to be walking by and said, hey, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. What an opening. Allow me to demonstrate some apologetics. Hey, do you know what you're reading? Uh, well, can you interpret it for me? Can you explain it for me? And so Philip preached Jesus. And so it says, as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? That means what is stopping me from being baptized? No, we've got to wait for a Sunday morning special service to be baptized. No, right now. Right now. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thy heart. See, that goes to Matthew 16, 16, doesn't it? Believe and baptized. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse, verses 46 through 48. Next slide, please. We know of Gideon's, my son Gideon's favorite biblical figure, and that is Cornelius the Centurion. We know that he and his family loved God, 
And Peter went down and preached Jesus, defending the faith. Amen. For they heard them speak with tongues. These are Romans. And magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Romans were baptized. The first Gentile family to receive the Holy Ghost was baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And then Acts chapter 9, I do not have it on the slide. Acts chapter 9, a Pharisee by the name of Saul who was blinded on his way to Damascus, Syria, came across a man by the name of Ananias. Scales fell from his eyes. And Paul, Saul, who had become Paul, was baptized himself in Jesus' name. Acts 16, verse 15. There was a woman by the name of Lydia, and she was a seller of purple. It could have been linen, it could have been clothing, it could have been various products, but she was a seller. She worked in the marketplace, and there was somebody that defended the faith. There was somebody that had the burden to bring her to Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what would happen to our community if we had that burden to defend our faith and the lives that could be changed? Let's talk about Lydia. Are we ready? The seller of purple. And when she was baptized, is that another example? And her household. She besought us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. But she was baptized. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verse 33. There was two disciples by the name of Paul and Silas that ended up in prison. And boy, did they have a prayer meeting at the midnight hour, didn't they? They were worshiping God in the midnight hour, weren't they? And there was an earthquake that decided to open up every gate. And that poor Roman guard, well, I'm fired. All these prisoners are going to escape. They're going to more than likely kill me, so allow me to fall on my sword. Paul and Silas said, hey, relax. Let me defend the faith. And this guard... And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all his straight away. Even those that may have mistreated you, they deserve for you to defend the faith. It is part of the great commission. And this individual that may have beaten Paul and Silas, they had the compassion and the love to share truth. Acts 18 Verse 8, and Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. There's, Matt, there's Mark 16, 16 once again. Believeth, that means obedience, obey the word of God, and being baptized. Amen. Acts 19, 4 through 5. This is something that pastor has taught us many times is a question to submit to somebody that says, well, I was baptized. Well, have you received the Holy Ghost since you last believed? And how were you baptized? Because many were baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But how were you baptized? And have you received the Holy Ghost since you last believed? And so Paul came along the shores of Ephesus, which is in modern-day Greece, and he came across 
very faithful disciples of John the Baptist. They, they were still being faithful to what they learned in the times of John the Baptist. And they didn't have an opportunity to know everything that had transpired. But they were still faithful. I've got to acknowledge that. They were sincere in what they believed, but there were some changes. There was a revolution, a revelation of truth. And then said Paul, John barely baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which cometh after me. That is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So have you received the Holy Ghost since you last believed? How were you baptized? That's a great question to submit. Allow me to tell you. Amen. Now, we are going to be looking at what baptism is spiritually. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. And here is Paul writing to the church in Rome. Too bad I do not have Malachi here who has been studying the book of Romans. And I could just ask him to quote it. Amen. Knowing not that so many of us, as were baptized unto Jesus, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto his death. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also we walk in the newness of life. Spiritually, when we are baptized, we are buried with Christ and risen in Christ. The old person, the old man, is buried. And when you bury somebody, you want to make sure you bury it. That's why you just don't want to sprinkle uh, can you imagine a corpse? Here's just a little dirt on your head. No, you want to bury it because I don't want it coming back. And so when we are baptized in Jesus' name, I am buried in Christ and risen in the newness of life. Amen. I'll be honest with you. That's spiritually epic. Thank you, Jesus, that I had to be baptized in his name once. And there was power with it. And the veil was torn that I don't have to keep going to the mikvah, that I'm just baptized in him. Amen. Amen. Now, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Now, there are the individuals that say it's not required, elder. I like to submit 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Evan, please. We sometimes were disobedient. When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Eight souls were saved by what? Water. Eight souls were saved by what? Water. It was a foreshadow to baptism. Mm -hmm. Amen. Saved by water. Amen. In like figure, please. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Wait, wait. Baptism does what? Now save us. Sounds like a requirement to me, doesn't it? Yeah. Says that baptism doth also now save us. Mm-hmm. Not just simply an act of faith, but as we have looked through Scripture, it is a formula for salvation. In the spiritual aspect of things, right, it is bapti- baptism doth also save us. Please continue, Evan. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. 
by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that sure corresponds to the theme of Romans chapter 6. Buried in Christ, putting the old person, putting the flesh to death. That all the sins, all the downfalls, all the poor choices, that old man is buried and we are risen in Christ as a new creature in the newness of life. Amen. Last scripture for the evening. Colossians chapter 2 verse 12, please. Buried with him in baptism. Buried with him in baptism. Does that sound like it corresponds with 1 Peter, with Romans chapter 6? the spiritual significance of what baptism did or has yet to do in your life. But tonight could be your night. Here's your water. Is anything stopping you? Uh, That eunuch said, let's stop. I'm going right down to this water. Buried with him in baptism. Please. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Amen. Once again corresponds to the spiritual significance of baptism. Buried in Christ, risen in Christ. Once again, I don't want to just sprinkle dirt on a corpse. Bury it. And if we're not careful, we become grave robbers. And we try to bring up that old person that Jesus operated in the spirit to bury. Hold on, i got to go back. I forgot something in the coffin. It was buried for a reason. You repented of the thing buried in the coffin for a reason. But if we're not careful, let me get my shovel, elder. Let me get my auger, pastor. I'm going to bring up what was dead that should have still and remained dead. Amen. And so tonight, we've gone through baptism, shared scripture, shared the the spiritual or the biblical inheritance of it, the foreshadow of baptism. I have uh, several of the PowerPoints out in the foyer. I pray that it just reemphasize what 99% of the church has done, understanding the significance of what you did. It wasn't just habit. It wasn't just church tradition. But it was a salvational requirement and a beautiful spiritual, spiritual significance of being buried in him and risen in him. Amen. Just be prepared. There's going to come a time that we have to defend our faith. And we've got to be standing on our foundation, which is that word. Amen. That doctrine of the word of God. The precepts of God. Because be careful, YouTube could be a little deceptive. Amen. May the Lord bless you tonight, Bishop. Anything you'd like to add? May the Lord bless you. Continue to pray for our church, those that are traveling. We will see you. Sunday morning for Sunday school at 10.30, service at 11.15 after prayer. Don't forget, we have a minister's meeting right after this. May the Lord bless you. Workday Academy, Saturday 10 to 12. Amen. May the Lord bless you.